Are you happy? Happiness, so crucial to life and yet often so elusive. Is there a trick? Is there a method? Is there a way to generate happiness in our lives? Please join me in a very unique program. Are you happy? The secret behind a smile. Yes, when you smile, you actually can generate happiness. In other words, happiness is not just what happens to us. Happiness is what we create, what we initiate. Many people say, if things were going well, I'd be happy. If you'd be happy, things would be going well. This is a program you'll want to listen to. It can help us all become happier people. Hi, Simon Jacobson here, and we will be speaking about Are You Happy? The Secret Behind a Smile. Many of us think of happiness as a product, as a result, that if something good happens to you, you become happy. I'll eat a piece of chocolate, it'll make me feel better. I'll be successful at a project, at work, I'll make some money, That'll make me happy. When you think about it that way, happiness becomes something that you don't really control. Something else is going to cause you to be happy. And sometimes that something else is not up to you. Because if you, let's say, ask for a raise and your boss doesn't give it to you, then he's in control of your happiness. You're not going to be happy that way. Essentially, it turns us into a product or a result or even a victim of circumstances. What I would like to introduce you to is that you actually have the power to generate, initiate, and create happiness in your life. It's not just because good things are happening. One of the great sages said that people say, if good things happen to me, I would be happy. No, he said, if you'd be happy, good things will happen to you. We have the power to, yes, we have the power to control destiny. We have the power to actually draw energy into our lives. And positive energy that you generate brings positive energy. And even a smile has that power. They tell the story of the farm boy who lived his whole life in a rural town and never went to the big city. And frankly, he never saw a mirror in his life. Mirrors. I know we take for granted mirrors. But one day, He's going on a trip with his father. They come to the city. They come into someone's house who invited them. He comes in, and besides the opulence and the expansiveness, he sees mirrors. The first mirror he sees in the front hall, he looks at the mirror, and to his chagrin, because he's so like disturbed by this mirror, he sees a child in the mirror looking at him, frowning at him, 
with this uh, like almost sour look. And he comes running to his father. He says, little boy, he's making funny faces at me. He's making, making me feel bad. He's making me bad faces. And the owner of the home realized, and he says to him, let me tell you a little secret. If you smile at him, he'll smile back. This story actually captures a very fundamental message. We tell the story in context of the Tzemach Tzedek. He was the third Chabad Rebbe. His name was Rabbi Nachman Mendel, the grandson of the famous Alter Rebbe, Rabbi Shneir Zalman of Liadi, the author of the Tanya, one of the greatest mystics and sages of our time. When I say our time, I mean the last few centuries. So this was Saturday night. Saturday night, the last night of the Alter Rebbe's life. The year in Hebrew was Tuf Kuf Ayin Gimel. That's 5573. Corresponding to 1812. Yes, the Franco-Russia War was taking place. And as a result of that, he passed away before his time. He was escaping France, Napoleon. It was Saturday night. And that Shabbos, that Saturday, his, his, because of the travels and because of it all wearing him down, it was very clear that he was coming to the end. So it wasn't a very pleasant uh, Shabbos for them. Semach Tzedek, his grandson, was with him. It came to the evening service at the end of the Shabbos, of the, Shabbos, of the Shabbat. Semach Tzedek led the service, but because he saw his grandfather's grave situation, it was very difficult for him to keep a positive tone, even though one has to keep positive, especially on a holy day. So it was clear that he was very sad as he led the prayer service. After he finished, his grandfather called him over and said to him, I heard from my teacher, Tovber of Mezrich, the Magad of Mezrich, I heard from him that the verse in the book of Ezekiel that says that the face you show to above is the face that you get in return. It's a mirror image. When you smile, you will get a smile in return. If you show a sad face, you get a sad face in return. Basically telling him that's your attitude that will define your destiny. Now, the Tzemach Tzaddik documents this in the letter. Within a little while later, probably an hour later, maybe even less, his grandfather passed away. But that may have been the last thing he said to him. Last thing he ever uttered on this earth, actually. It says he made Havdalah, the prayer that you say after the Shabbat. And after that, he passed away. And he goes on to explain that what happens to you in life is not just what happens to you. It's your attitude to it. We can't control the circumstances, but we can control our attitude to it, how we navigate. And when you navigate with an upbeat attitude, with a smile, you generate energy in return that smiles back at you. Like in the story with the farm boy. It's a mirror image. Today there are studies that actually show that a smile, a very physical contortion of a smile, and some say even a fake smile, actually affects the brain. And what does it do? It generates 
and releases tiny molecules called neuropeptides. And then following that, more neurotransmitters, including what has now become very famous, dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, which are actual chemicals that affect us, both in relieving stress, in, in lowering pain, and other effects. Yes, a smile. Now you think a smile is a result of your feelings within, and it is. But it also works the other way around. Action, reaction, cause and effect. Our attitudes generate something. And especially today when you're familiar with physics, quantum mechanic theory posits that the observer affects the reality. So it shouldn't surprise us that the way we look at things affects the molecular and atomic and nuclear structures around us. And we see this, in fact, when you meet somebody and you smile to them, it has a simple effect. It says that as the face is reflected in water, so too one heart's reflected in another. They say it even if it's a fake smile. I mean, that probably needs more research. But it tells you something. It tells us the relationship between our attitudes and our very beings. Now, I'm not suggesting fake smiles. I'm suggesting an attitude that even if something negative may happen, you have the control to generate something positive. And as such, that positivity will also enter into your life and to all those around you. Yes, that's the secret behind the smile. And the secret to happiness. Now, God should bless us all and every person should have only good things in their lives. Beautiful experiences, joyous ones, celebrations. But we all know in life there will be setbacks. There will be moments. There will sometimes be even losses. Real sadness, suffering, pain, death, other transitions. That is what happens. The question is what you do about it. A good swimmer knows how to navigate. So even when there's a down, even when there's a setback, there's ways to use that as well in positive, toward positive ends. This again comes down to your attitude. So when people are asked the question, how can I be told, be happy? I'm not happy. I'm not in the mood. How could you regulate emotions? You can tell me I shouldn't act in an unhappy way, but my feelings are not that way. But feelings are a result of your attitude. And you could control that. And that's why you have times, for example, this month is the Hebrew month of Adar. It's a month of joy. And we're told this is a month that we should increase in joy. But you'll say, one second, I don't have joyous things happening. You're not a victim. You're not a product of things. No matter what happens, you can initiate it with your attitude. Don't ever underestimate that. I'll just give an example. My own personal life, I think I've shared the story in the past. When I was younger, I suffered from terrible allergies in the allergy season, the hay fever season, as they call it, ragweed. Mid-August through September. So the most beautiful day that everyone loved, the breeze, the beautiful day was for an allergy sufferer like myself and so many others, was miserable. Now, not necessarily life-threatening. It's just your whole plumbing. 
your nose would run, your throat would itch, your eyes would itch. Just the whole, your whole system. I once had a semi-asthmatic attack and I had to be given some medication that opened up the channels. After that, I went to a famous allergist. His name was Dr. Redner. And he gave me the, the classic tests, the scratch tests, ragweed, dust, a few others. And both the dust and especially the ragweed all swole, swole up. They all blew up because I was very sensitive. And I had an attack right there in his office. started sneezing. It was difficult for me to breathe. He came and gave me an injection of something and everything cleared up. Couldn't believe it. Middle of the summer day, clear, beautiful. Everything clear passes. So I said to him, what did you just give me? He said, that was a shot of adrenaline. Adrenaline. I said, so what do we need all these interventions? Just give me adrenaline and every time I have a... Uh, allergic reaction, I'll take adrenaline. He says, no, that's dangerous. You'll build up immunity, you'll need more, and that, that's, that adrenaline is not something you want to inject yourself with. So I asked him, is that the adrenaline that we're familiar with, that, we, that is generated when we are excited and anticipating something? Called adrenaline? He says, yes. So I asked him a question. I said, I have to ask your doctor something. For some reason, Sundays, I don't feel I really suffer from the allergies that much, which is odd. Allergies are allergies. If the pollen count is high, it doesn't matter if it's Sunday or Monday. Is it possible that is due to adrenaline? Because I used to thought, because Sunday was my hardest day of work. That was the day where all the pressure was on. As some of you may know, my job for many years was to remember and retain verbatim six, seven hours, five hours of talks of my great mentor, the Rebbe. And then Sunday was the difficult work of recreating it, writing it down, annotating it. So I was very, very immersed in it. So I always used to think I probably don't have allergies. I do have the allergies, but I'm just not noticing it. When you're so distracted, you're so immersed. I didn't notice my nose is not running, is running. But is it possible, I said to him, that when the adrenaline, the pressure is on, the adrenaline is flowing, just like the injection you gave me, that that would control or subdue somewhat my allergies? And he said, absolutely. No question. He says, did you ever see an opera singer, a concert pianist, an actor in a play? They're on stage for hours. And you never see them sneeze. You never see them yawn. Now, sneezing is a physical reaction. Because when your adrenaline is flowing, it says you have like a superhuman control over your entire being. That's why if you set your mind to wake up 6 o'clock in the morning, even without an alarm clock, you wake up on the dot. You know, when we're really excited and looking forward to something. Because that's what adrenaline does. So long before I read about the smile and the neurotransmitters and chemicals that it generates, there we had it. I had it right there. Adrenaline, when a person is really driven by something and is not bored, which is the opposite, that alone gives you a whole new level of enthusiasm and energy and power. And it even can control negative things like allergic reactions. So don't underestimate the behavioral power of happiness and joy. You'll say, but one second, I'm not in the mood. How could I just smile, a fake smile? I mean, I'm just going to fake it. No, it's doing things 
that make you happy. One of the things is helping other people. Generally speaking, when you're focusing on your needs, especially if you feel you don't have all your needs met, it's only a source for misery. But if you're focusing on helping others and you see the smile you bring to their faces and the satisfaction, that brings happiness to a person. So there are behavioral things. In addition, your attitude. In the laws of charity, it says we should be charitable. But then it says charity can be given on many levels. And one level is you give it with a smiling face. With a pleasant attitude. You know, you can give charity and be neutral. You can give charity even with a sour face. It's still a mitzvah. It's still a good deed. But when you give it with a smiling face. So not only does it reflect and the other person feels better because you're not just throwing them some charity, you're also giving them a smile. Smiles have power. And a smile is an indicator of the deeper joy that lies inherently within us. Which brings me to another point. Joy is not an acquired element. We're born natural happy people. Look at children. I mean, there are extenuating circumstances, there are circumstances, especially if, uh, if due to superimposed elements that a mother pregnancy or other things that may abuse herself or serious um, issues and trauma that may affect the child, may. Uh, <clears throat> but generally speaking, a healthy child is a happy child. Look, look how children are happy. Yes, they can cry for a moment, but they naturally have an exuberance, a joy. Why? Because happiness is a result of not being conscious about yourself. It's seamless. You feel like you belong. As soon as you feel like you don't belong, whether it's due to someone criticizing you, hurting you, traumatizing you, abusing you, or you feel like a disappointment or criticizing things that are invalidating the spirit like a flower. It spreads and blossoms when you water it. If you ignore it, it shrivels. Same thing with the human spirit. But the natural state is joy. So the question is, how do we access the natural state? Not how we create it. I was talking about even creating it. So that makes total sense, that when you smile, what you're doing is not superimposing, you're not imposing some outside force, you're actually activating the natural joy within your soul. And that's why, hence, it releases all those chemicals that cause you to be even more joyous. But I would even argue that even if you were to say that you're really in a state, a despondent state, the chemicals are still released, so smile has that power. Now we know a smile is not just putting your face like that. A smile means an actual, genuine smile. I mentioned before even a fake smile. But a fake smile doesn't mean to be disingenuous. We're not talking about being duplicitous. It means you may not be in the mood of it, but you smile anyway. You see something when I see happen, even though you, if you would be totally consumed with your own misery, you wouldn't smile. You smile, you make someone else happy. And that smile then breaks through the barriers and allows your natural joy to emerge. It's a beautiful way of looking at things. We're not neutral. We're actually happy people. And happiness, true happiness, I'm not talking about that short-term instant gratification that usually actually is not really happy, just it's a sugar high. And it numbs you and makes you feel good for a moment. But then you'll need more. Try it out whenever you drink a sugar drink. I'm talking about a happiness as a state of contentment, of an inner state of joy. Additionally, happiness is not just a verb, an action. 
It's a state of being. You're in a happy state. Sometimes it expresses itself in an outright celebration, and sometimes not. And you have control over this if you allow yourself to go there. The problem is when people are bitter or sour or down on themselves, they become their own worst enemy. And sometimes you have to say to someone, why don't you just smile? Don't take yourself so seriously. Lighten up. But I'm not in the mood. I'm not, you know, I'm not. Who are you to tell me? It's a good piece of advice. We all need to hear it. Sometimes we have to tell it to ourselves. It lightens things up and it generates a lot of, lot of tremendous power, both above and below, like in the story I shared before. The face you show is the face that you get. The smile you give is the smile that you get in return. Now, you could say, one second, there are people I smile to, and they just become even more infuriated, and they're more angry. Why are you smiling to me? I've had that. What do you think this is? Serious situation. Why are you smiling? So, most cases, best not to respond. The response is, I enjoy seeing you. What is there to enjoy? I remember once I was on a line going in an an airport. So we're on a line. It was a long line of security. There's one woman who seemed to be very, basically making everybody miserable. You cut me off, and this one, this. She had complaints all throughout. It was a Friday Friday morning, late morning. And she ended up being right in front of me. Actually, right behind me. But then she started, you know, she needs to go first. She has a rush, a plane is coming. So fine, I, I said, so go ahead of me. That was not good enough either. Someone else had cut her off, and she started giving me these dirty looks. I did nothing, on the contrary. I, and I just smiled to her. I said, what are you smiling at? I remember she said to me, I said, I enjoy seeing you. You don't even know me. What do you mean you enjoy seeing me? I said, you're a beautiful soul. You must be rushing somewhere important. She looked Jewish to me, actually. So I said to him, maybe it's for Shabbos. She says, yes, I am actually going somewhere to Shabbos. And I said, so I'm smiling. God put you on this earth. A soul, if God put you here, it means he's happy with you. Completely disarmed. She had no idea what to say to me. By the time we got to the gate, and she was a gate right near mine, she thanked me. She said, you know, Everybody else was obviously annoyed by me, and for good reason. And you smiled, and your smile affected me. So I have a good Shabbos, and I have a good trip. I haven't seen her ever, but that was what happened. Now, does it always work? I'm sure not. But look at children when they smile to you. It could pretty much melt a stone. And if someone is not melted, like this, I said, like a face of a person is reflect, just like a face is reflected in water, but you have to be a person. You have to allow your humanity to shine forth. That's why it's possible that you can look at the water and not reflect, because you're not allowing your humanity to shine. Let your humanity shine. And it's actually divinity. And the smile reflects it, because at the end of the day, joy is ultimately the celebration of the divine, of the transcendent, of the sacred. And I don't mean that in any religious sense. I mean in the transcendent. The smile, the smile of transcendence. Not to take yourself in your petty little details. Or even if that's not petty. The mundane matters of this world and allow yourself to look at life around you. 
Breathe in the air. Look at a mountain. Look at the horizons. Look at a sunset, at a sunrise, at a flower. And you see divinity. You see infinity in the palm of your hand. Eternity in an hour. You see beauty even in a petal of a flower. Everything comes alive. That's what a smile does and that's what joy does. It reveals the inner vibrant energy that exists within us and within everything around us. And I would say, yes, smiles would also affect nature itself. That nature smiles back at you. And this is in our control. One of my favorite sayings I heard from my father, from others, there are three types of people. People who make things, people who make things happen, people who watch things happen, and people who ask what happened. We have the power to make things happen. We can generate, we can initiate proactively. And that's our power, to bring that energy into our lives and into the lives of others. Smile more, laugh even more. Even there are situations, obviously, it has to be done with a certain discretion. There's an expression to celebrate within awe. Sometimes the celebration has to be packaged based on the circumstances. But there should always be a certain level of inner joy in everything we do, in everything that we are engaged with. Because joy reveals energy. That's what ultimately joy is. It opens up and unpacks the layers that sometimes are trapped in the outer layers of material existence. That's what joy does. It pierces, breaks through all boundaries. So may you and all your loved ones and everyone around us be blessed with joy. And even when the situation seems to be challenging, smile anyway. The smile can change the world. Your smile can change your life. Your smile can change the life of everyone around you. And imagine if we all had that attitude. The mirror effect. Mirror neurons. That my neurons are mirrored in yours and yours in mine. And when it's with a smile, then those neurons will smile back at us. Everyone be blessed with a very joyous month, a joyous year, a joyous future, a joyous life. And remember, you have much control in this area. The secret behind a smile, how to be happy. Thank you so much. This has been Simon Jacobson, Meaningful Life Center, MeaningfulLife.com. Please check it out. Our website and our YouTube channel, please subscribe. Please share. Share the smiles. Pay it forward. Love to hear your feedback, your thoughts, your comments. And be blessed and be happy. An inner and outer happiness always will open up more and more channels of blessings. Be blessed. This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com donate.